Hey there, and welcome to Tori Talks. Happy New Year! Happy 2022! I am really excited for just having a new year, having a fresh start, and being able to take this time to reflect on what our goals are and being able to move forward from everything that happened in 2021. New chapter time. As per usual, if you're new around here, this podcast is unscripted, imperfect, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, I left my headphones that I usually record on in my parents' car because I just came back from a road trip, but I left it there. So now the sound quality is even worse than it was. I mean, it was already pretty bad as it was before I was recording on wired headphones, and now I'm just really speaking into the butt of my phone. Um, So I apologize for any background noise my roommate's in the kitchen, he's doing stuff, but that's something that I want to talk about in this podcast episode and this dismissal of seeking perfection. And it's something that I had focused on last year a lot as well when I, oh, I guess two years ago now, whoa, whoa, 2020 was two years ago. Oh, that's weird to think about. Um, So two years ago when lockdown happened, um, there wasn't obviously very much to do. And so I spent a lot of time introspecting and learning and growing and uh, realizing things about myself um, that I needed to improve on. And one of those things was this uh, seeking of perfection uh, in things that I did. My identity for most of my life growing up was in uh, the perfection in school. Um, I was never athletic and um, I, I'm not going to say I wasn't talented, right? But I wasn't like, I, I, I was in band and in school and I did sports I swam and I did figure skating and I was actually good at those sports but I wasn't the best uh, but I was a top student and that's where I knew uh, my performance identity was was placed was within school so in high school I graduated with a 5.42 GPA out of a 4.0 I did college classes I did um, Cambridge the Cambridge program. I was full-time my senior year of high school at Florida Gulf Coast University, so I didn't even go to my high school for the last year. Um, And then that continued into college where I graduated with a 4.0. But that 4.0 came very stressfully, right? As you can probably imagine, I wasn't in a very hard major necessarily. It wasn't easy, but um, I majored in political science, marketing, and social entrepreneurship. My degree is interdisciplinary social science. So I did economics, sociology, urban and regional planning, political science. And then um, my specializations were political science, marketing, and social entrepreneurship. But they weren't, you know, biology and anatomy and all of those difficult subjects that would actually be uh, a huge accomplishment to get a 4.0 in. Uh, So I have the humility to admit that although I can brag about a 4.0, it's not necessarily the most impressive 4.0. It's better than other majors, I guess. I'm not going to say any examples of majors because I don't want to degrade anybody who was that major. Um, But it also wasn't, like I said, top tier. I wasn't in like medical school getting a 4.0. But from there, um, I also realized as I was kind of going through and thinking about where I placed my identity and my identity was also in my religion um, for a long time. And I realized that I was doing something called moral perfectionism and I was seeking perfection in my morals where I felt so guilty and this was not not necessarily in full fault of my own nor was it the fault of my parents fully um 
but I, a, a lot of you don't necessarily know this, I don't talk about it that much, but I was a missionary for a little bit. Um, I was what I called a quote-unquote undercover missionary because I actually wasn't allowed to be a missionary and that is a maybe a podcast episode or a story for another time or a story that I might not even share publicly because that was, that was shit. <laughs> to put it lightly, that was, whew, um, not going to do that again. Uh, but that was where I was being pushed by so many people to be quote-unquote perfect and morally perfect and I was not at all morally imperfect I guess I guess none of us can be morally perfect but I worked very hard to be that perfect catholic girl and perfect christian girl I my faith foundation was in like fundamental baptists I went to a camp and I had friends in that up in Michigan and that is the extreme of um conservatism and religion to the point where you know women are only allowed to wear skirts over the knee and um you are a wife as pretty much your like duty as a woman and if anybody falls that I'm not again degrading you you can believe in anything that you want and I understand why people believe it um but I it's important to know that my foundation was laid on that a very extreme very very extreme christian quote-unquote morals that then went into catholicism and catholicism is fairly extreme as well um it, it is it is pretty extreme as far as like teachings and then when i wanted to become a representative of the church i was dragged through the mud on a lot of things and this is going to sound a little bit interesting when i say this um being a attractive female that went to a state university that is known to be a top party school um, immediately there's a stigma around me of oh she was a party girl she was a sorority girl she and I was called this uh somebody literally called me a drunk sorority girl from Florida State and therefore I should not be a missionary which was the complete opposite of the truth because if you know me you know that it's hard to convince me to even have one drink when I go out let alone uh, be a drunk party girl and I wasn't in a sorority and no hate towards people in sororities that was just what that person had said about me uh it was yeah it it's <laughs> like I said I'm not gonna get into it much further but where I also then was told things like you to be a good catholic and to be a catholic missionary you have to go to confession once a week you have to pray the rosary every single day you have to do this and this and this and I'm like well I'm already waiting until marriage to have sex. I'm already going to mass every Sunday. I'm dressing modestly. You know, I I pray every day. Like, how much more do you want from me? And I understand people wanting to dive further into their faith, but it was this, like, I could never be perfect. And these standards that were being set for where I needed to achieve it in order to be able to give to people and serve others the way that I wanted to because everything I was doing was really out of being selfless um i think a lot of times uh, in our society and in our culture we don't have that many examples of people like truly wanting to be selfless and serving others um and that i think a lot of people were very confused why i wanted to do what i was doing and they were trying to question what my actual morals or what my actual um what's the word i'm looking for uh uh like the reasons that I was doing it, my actual motives, uh, 
that's the word, my actual motives for wanting to serve people and wanting to love people. And uh, some people who were outside of the church thought, oh, she's just trying to sell me on her religion. And then people within the church were saying, oh, she's, you know, I don't know, maybe trying to preach a different type of religion or send people away from the religion. And really, it was neither one of those things. I found absolute joy from a community that I found in college, which was the Catholic Student Union, who were the most amazing human beings on this planet. Um, And they showed a love to people that was like none other. I saw people who were drug addicts become priests, um, drug dealers who became priests, uh, frat star presidents become missionaries, and women who couldn't find their identity in anything other than partying and drugs and sex become these beautiful feminine women who just really embraced femininity and beauty and I thought that was amazing and um, it was just such a warm and welcoming little utopia that we had and when I came outside of that it was very different but I couldn't find another community like that so I wanted to build it myself because the love that that community gave me I wanted other people to feel the exact same way there's nothing that compares to the joy of authentic love from another human being and that's something that we always seek right in marriage we seek that in a relationship But it's so unique to have it amongst friends, to be able to have guy friends that are just genuinely wanting to be your guy friends and don't want anything else necessarily from you. That's Again, it it was such a countercultural community that from the outside, it seemed like there had to be something wrong with it. There had to be some kind of hidden motive when really there wasn't. But even here where it's technically in the same religion, it's still within Catholicism, The people here also weren't used to that. They weren't used to this authentic love for people of why does she want to do that? Why does she want to not have an income and not want to work and spend the next few months just building up a community on a college campus? There has to be something in it for her. There's nobody who's going to be selfless enough to do that for other people without some kind of some kind of hidden intention. And it wasn't that. But then again, my morals got questioned. And because I was a pretty girl from a state university immediately I had to have been a slut again that's a quote or immediately I had to have been somebody that was a hypocrite in the church which I wasn't I had spent a very long time again that moral perfectionism same way I got a 4.0 I was trying to have a 4.0 and being the perfect catholic girl but I realized that what I was doing um back like I said in March you know 2020 when we were all in lockdown and started stepping away from that and not stepping away from it but started feeling less guilty for a lot of those things um a lot of those like desires and things and at the end of the day it was kind of like well if they think I'm doing it like I might as well just explore and I was just so sheltered I was pretty sheltered growing up and then sheltered by uh this idea of needing to be a missionary was also very sheltering because it meant you know if I go out to a bar or something like that I can't go dance with a random guy because if somebody sees me I'm a leader in the community then they're gonna give fuel to the fire of saying that oh yep she can't be a missionary and I had to be not necessarily somebody that I wasn't I was fully authentic I was fully myself always and I always tried to be but it was I had to put myself in a box and I couldn't really just experience the life the way that I wanted to and then once COVID happened I have not been seeking that perfectionism and I'm actually now more becoming the person that I had judged uh, as somebody before and I didn't realize like some of the issues that I had before in that of because I was so morally perfect or close to perfect um, I did judge people who weren't 
who were trying to also be missionaries or trying to be people of faith who were not at all morally perfect. Um, because it was kind of like a, if I can do it, then why can't you? Which is such a wrong mindset to have. Now I'm so different. I'm so open to anything and anyone. And it's just kind of like, well, that's what you believe and good for you. Or that's what you want to do with your life. You know what? Like, good for you like let's talk about it let's look at different perspectives and maybe you're gonna teach me something that I don't know and maybe I'll teach you something that you don't know and even if neither one of us change our minds we just learned something and we can accept each other and we can love one another authentically and I think that's the that's the foundation for loving another human being authentically but I'm not going to get into that because that's a different topic about creating community and um, authentically loving people but what I want to talk about was for 2022 um and if you follow me on instagram you know that i had posted um an instagram just saying that like in 2022 i want to be posting just whenever inspiration happens instead of focusing on having a perfect feed because again i didn't realize i was chasing perfectionism but when i created my instagram originally for tori talks um it was meant for me i used to be an influencer i had a photographer uh like a photographer page on instagram and I was a fashion influencer. And so I always had a creative outlet online. And I never like focused on making an aesthetic, but I had like an Instagram that had a really pretty aesthetic. And then I created a new Instagram for really just posting like quotes and stuff that I liked. And I wanted to just make little graphics on them and post any photography that I had. And I wanted to keep this beautiful green, blue, black aesthetic. And then when all of you started following me, I was like, oh shit like I have to keep this up and then I just got overwhelmed and my tendencies for perfectionism took over and instead of posting to post even though it wouldn't be perfect I just stopped posting and I got overwhelmed and so now I'm just gonna kind of post to post and if I have like pictures or quotes or whatever then I'll post them without having to necessarily make a beautiful feed Uh, but that's something that I want all of us to think about going into 2022 is how many things we have where we're waiting to be perfect to start something. We're waiting to have this beautiful feed and we don't want to mess it up. We don't want to mess it up by putting the wrong thing on there and potentially ruining the entire thing. So instead we freeze and we don't do it at all. And we slow our growth that way because those little mistakes and those imperfections are really what grow us, literally. Like on Instagram, that would be growing me even if I just posted because it was you know, it gets more sight and stuff like that from just an analytics perspective. Every post you post, you potentially could get a couple more people that see it and follow you and stuff like that. And again, I'm never doing this for followers. But um, that is like this mindset that I really wanted to go into in 2022 and wanted to talk about here. Because again, it affects our community, affects kind of just how you see it on Instagram. And that's why I'm recording a podcast episode, literally holding my phone to my mouth instead of on a podcast mic, because I've been meaning to record this episode for a couple of weeks now. And just have been, every time I go over to my parents' house, I forget to get it. It's in the glove compartment of their car. Um, I keep forgetting to get it. And so I'm like, dang, I really want to sit down and record these podcast episodes, but I can't because I don't have my microphone. And I was like, well, you know what? We're not chasing perfection anymore. So here we are. But what I would really want to talk about um, and focus on in 2022 is delayed gratification. And I know that's a jump. I didn't really have a great segue into that. But um, I've been really looking into like dopamine detoxing and delayed gratification. And this was something that uh, kind of going back to what I was talking about my community at Florida State, we had learned. And I've been pretty open about uh, my hesitancies with religion 
um, kind of like going back and forth between going back into religion or not. And I just took a step back from everything and analyzed everything from where I kind of believe. But I think from just a psychological perspective, like a human design perspective, religion is very, very interesting and actually very, very wise. There's a lot of wisdom within religion. And I notice things that are actually so good for your mind and for your body that are recommended in religion. So somebody who is going into, you know, manifesting and mindset and uh, learning all of these things and chemical balances in the brain and anxiety and depression and how do we just become better versions of ourselves. A lot of the things that religion teaches and suggests that we do that sometimes we say like, oh, why would you want to do that is so good for your brain. So right, like prayer, prayer, meditation same thing prayer manifestation also same thing i think the church is like obviously like the church is old right like the catholic church is the oldest christian church and it's it's old and you have other religions that have very similar viewpoints too like buddhism has a lot of truth to it that i feel um and it also mirrors between catholicism and buddhism but in the church what i've been finding really interesting is fasting fasting from things and right during lent the catholic church uh, promotes fasting for 40 days from something choosing what to sacrifice we always think about like sacrificing when i talk to my secular friends about this they'll be like why should i sacrifice from something why should i fast from something i'm living in a a life like i want to enjoy i don't know how long my life is i want to enjoy everything i want to live my life to the fullest why would i fast from things but actually the smartest people that I've met, religious or not, tend to go through these episodes of fasting and um, allowing themselves to sacrifice parts of their life to better themselves and their brain as mental challenges. This goes hand in hand with that dopamine detox. We are so doped up, literally. Our generation has so much access to instant gratification and Instagram post, pornography, Uh, getting on tinder and dating apps and being able to find people that find us attractive Um, music is dopamine but it's not as extreme but social media pornography um, things like that boost our dopamine levels like crazy hookup culture oh you don't have to you don't have to get married to have sex with anyone anymore all you have to do is get download an app and swipe right like doordash is more work and more sacrifice at least you have to pay for that you don't even have to pay for sex like if even just think about like 50 years ago maybe not 50 100 years ago if you wanted random sex you had to hire a prostitute you literally just go on an app you can just send a couple messages and you can have sex this isn't me being like against sex or anything like that, but this is like you need to understand where these these dopamine levels are at an exaggerated high in our society now. We have too much too much access to non-natural dopamine levels, which then set our natural dopamine levels and our norms to feel very, very low. You need to understand that if you experience these very high dopamine levels consistently so right you wake up in the morning and immediately get on social media and you have a super high level of dopamine to start off your day the rest of your day feels like shit there's nothing there's absolutely nothing 
that you are going to be able to do that's going to match that level of dopamine that your social media gave you. TikTok, I love TikTok. Love, love, love TikTok. I've learned more on TikTok in the couple years that I've been on it than I did in four years of college. However, TikTok is the most addicting and most dopamine-releasing social media platform. It is so dangerous and so highly addictive. And you get on it first thing in the morning, and I'm absolutely guilty of this. Get on it first thing in the morning, and then the rest of your day, you just want to keep going to it. You keep going to TikTok. Your brain only releases so much dopamine in a day. There is a max amount of dopamine that your brain can release. If you release all of it in the morning, you can't release the rest of it during the day. That's a scientific fact. So if you release all of your dopamine by sitting on TikTok in the morning, you're not going to have dopamine releasing throughout the day. What you can do instead is go back to activities that release natural levels of dopamine, normal levels of dopamine, things that are going to make you feel good, like making your bed, doing a skincare routine, listening to some music, doing yoga, and of course, we always hear that, and then we think, yeah, we're going to do that, yada, 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 and then we don't, but think about that, that's your reality there. On another note, your dopamine levels are going to be heightened by things like excessive drinking, well, oh, so actually, let me backtrack really quick. I'm going to get on that. Uh, so dopamine is released through the, um, what's the word? Through the like waiting period for something, through the desire to have something. It's not when you get it. You don't get dopamine when you are sitting on TikTok and watching a video. You get dopamine by the the waiting period for the next video. You don't know what that next video is. So your dopamine gets released because you're waiting for it. Same thing with, like, the most dopamine that gets released is, like, if you're having sex before you have sex. Like, the the waiting period, the turning on period is when your dopamine gets released. So, the the longer you allow yourself to wait for things, the more delayed gratification you practice, the more dopamine you're actually going to release. Which I know it sounds a little counterintuitive where I say you shouldn't be releasing so much dopamine. Uh, but now I'm saying like, oh, you should release dopamine. Well, think about it in this sense of you are releasing dopamine by waiting to get on TikTok. You are happier waiting to get on TikTok. Your dopamine crash comes from when you do the thing. That's why when you, when like you orgasm, right? Uh, sorry if there's kids that listen to this when you orgasm and like in sex like men get the like post not clarity and stuff right where they were so doped up and then they look over at the girl next to them and they're like oh like she's not that hot and that sounds terrible it does happen it sounds horrible but that's it, the dopamine doesn't happen at the end of that the dopamine isn't there the dopamine is the buildup so if you allow yourself to practice delayed gratification the dopamine has time to build up on like a low level right tiktok i'm not going to get on tiktok right now i'm going to wait a few hours to get on tiktok you are allowing your body to release a steady amount of dopamine before you indulge in that activity and it's going to make you happier indulge in that activity at the end of the day it's going to make you happier 
but little activities can release little levels of dopamine, right? So you have, like I said, making your bed, doing things that make you feel accomplished releases good levels of dopamine. Waiting and delaying gratification for things releases good dopamine. Instant gratification is where you take that dopamine and then you bring it to super high levels and then cut it off. Same thing with like fasting from things. That's where I brought up fasting. If you fast from certain things, they become better. Just think about that. If you had, a, <laughs> this is a good example. Um, I, I baked a cheesecake the other day. And that cheesecake, oh, that first slice of cheesecake, I didn't have it for so long. It was so good. But now I've been eating it like one or two times every day for the past three, four days. It's not as good now. It just, okay, I got to keep eating this. Man, there's so much of this left. I have to just keep eating this. The, the same if you're eating like cookies, right? Uh, the, this was actually a really good example. We had talked about this at the Catholic Student Union of just like things that you're given. If this, this abundance, if we keep taking them, you go to, it's like the Minnesota, I think it's like the Minnesota Fair where you get this bucket of cookies. It's like 25 chocolate chip cookies. And I'm sure the first cookie you eat is amazing. And the second one is probably really good. And the third one might not be as good, but it's still there. And then the fourth one, you're like, okay, like this is this is a lot, but like it's still good. And then the fifth one, you want to puke. There's no way you're getting through all 25. But if you maybe, you know, took those cookies and spread them out throughout the week or froze them or gave them to your friends, then everybody would enjoy them. But it gets to a point where if you continue to indulge in things, you're going to need a higher threshold. That's where you get into addictions, like pornography addiction, because you start off with something a little bit lower and then something normal, vanilla. And then you continue down a rabbit hole to get into something a lot more extreme because those pleasures no longer give you pleasure. You have to reset your body and you have to reset your mind to certain things. It's like when people, you know, fast from drinking for a month and then their tolerance goes down. But your tolerance isn't supposed to be super high for drinks. You're not supposed to have a super high alcohol tolerance. There's a reason you need so much stimuli in order to feel the effects. Your body is still consuming, say, say you have four drinks Right. Say you don't feel buzzed until you have four drinks. Your body is still consuming four drinks. You're just not feeling the effects. You could feel the effects with one drink in a much more healthy way, but now your body requires four, and soon it's going to require eight, and soon it's going to require 12. So you're only giving your body more of the stimulus, and your threshold is so much higher. Do you know how much happier you would be if you did the same things right with anything that releases dopamine. If you did the same things with, um, again, making your bed, little things. It takes so little stimuli to make you happy, to make you feel joyful, to make you feel normal. And I sometimes hear friends when they go out and they say, oh, I need to drink four drinks in order to feel normal at this bar. Or I need to get crossfaded in order to feel normal when I go out. I have no drinks and I feel normal. Your threshold is just too high. You can feel normal. You can feel the effects of one drink if you don't abuse the drink. So the way to reset that is going through moments of fasting. 
which I think is very interesting. Again, this isn't just like from a religious standpoint. This I, I just acknowledge that the church is very smart in these things that they preach that I thought were controlling before. Why would you fast from things? Why wouldn't you just indulge in life's pleasures? Why would you wait on things? Because then your thresholds become too high. Just think about if, say, say you know you fast from, from chocolate for the 40 days of Lent. Or say you fast from chocolate for three weeks. After those three weeks when you take a bite of chocolate, that is going to be the best chocolate that you've ever had because you waited for it. There's a delayed gratification with sex of this, you know, waiting until marriage or not even waiting until marriage, but to at least fast from it. If you're somebody who is going out and hooking up with somebody new every single week, sex is eventually going to be nothing to you. You're going to feel nothing. Your threshold for pleasure is going to be incredibly high to the point where you might not even feel pleasure because of it. You have to have sex in order to feel normal, not to feel pleasure, not to feel euphoric and high, but just to feel normal. Because your threshold is so out of whack. But how do you reset that? Through fasting. The same way addicts have to go through rehab. They have to go through a detox. In order to reset their system, you are addicted to dopamine. You're addicted to chasing that dopamine level. And I have seen time and time again in my friend groups and people that I know that they are constantly looking for the next stimulus. That, oh, okay, I'm five six drinks in okay i have to get crossfaded i have to take weed now i have to take an edible i have to smoke okay i did that last week and you know what it was fun i did it for the past couple of weeks but now i'm not really feeling it i'm gonna do a line of cocaine oh okay what comes next there's always a next unless you go through trials of resetting and fasting there's always going to be a next there's always going to be another extreme so different fasts to give you examples of things that you can do. And maybe you completely disagree with what I'm saying. And you can live your life in whatever way you want. I'm not preaching to you. I'm merely telling you the things that I've realized that I'm implementing into my life. So for 2022, I want to be practicing at least for the next few weeks on delayed gratification. Of building healthier habits and delaying things that I would normally just let myself indulge in. And practicing ways to be more mindful with the things that I consume. And that I stimulate my body with. Both of those could be turned into dirty jokes. <laughs> I won't. I won't do it. But, um, no, by being more mindful and understanding when you've gotten to a threshold where you're like, you know what, this is kind of boring to me. I used to find so much pleasure out of this and now it's kind of boring Stop doing it for a little bit and then it won't be boring anymore. You'll feel the euphoric high after a little while. That's why you get, you know, morning routines. Once you get into a routine, it's boring. But then that first day that you wake up early in the morning and you do your skincare routine and you make your bed and you do some yoga, it feels euphoric. But after a week or two, after you build those habits, it just feels normal, you know? And those are, I mean, those are good things to feel normal. I'm not saying just stop from your routine and stuff. But if you all of a sudden start feeling really mundane, Come out of your routine and then come back to it. That's what happened when I went up to Michigan. After I went up to Michigan for the holidays uh, for about two weeks. And when I'm up there, I'm, you know, living at home with my parents and there's nothing to do. <laughs> Absolutely nothing to do. We're in northern Michigan in the middle of 
buttfuck nowhere. And the closest town store is Walmart, 20 minutes away, and that is the only store. And any friends that I had moved away, or they're there and they live a little bit further away, or they're busy working. And there's really just no young people. There, It was cold. It got dark at 4 p.m. I didn't see sunlight for a few days. It was beautiful. I, I'm not like actually complaining about it. I loved being able to spend uh, the holidays with my family. And I do like the snow. I like being in Florida more, but I like the snow for a little bit. And there were some days where the sun was shining and I got to ice skate on the lake and it was absolutely beautiful and incredible and I loved it. But I wasn't able to do like anything. You have no desire to work, to work on your computer. We all get lazy. Me and my family all just get like really lazy. You're kind of just sitting on the couch or you're just like sitting on your phone or you're watching TV and we only have two channels. So you're watching like Bob Ross paint of a tree and somehow it's fascinating. But when I was so pushed towards boredom, I was able to think about how excited I am to come back to my apartment, to come back to my own room and get my own schedule done and think about the things that I want to do when I come back and creating my schedules. And those are things that if I hadn't left, I would have been stuck in my mundane, in my routine, not realizing how much I loved my room. And after COVID, I kind of talked about this where when I had COVID, I was stuck in my room for three months. And I got to a point where I just could not stand the four walls of my room. I did not want to be in my room anymore. I just wanted to get out. I could not work in my room. But now, because I had those two weeks away, I love being in my room. And I was able to then kind of like brainstorm, okay, what do I want my weeks to look like? What do I want my days to look like? And I I set it up and I said, you know, I'm going to wake up on these days and do yoga in the morning. I'm going to wake up on these days and go work out. I'm going to go down to... Um, a coffee shop and I'm going to work on these days. I'm going to go to the workshop that I was uh, accepted for for my product development on these days and setting up my schedules and just being able to kind of take a step back and reflect. So it's things like that too, that those are things that bring you joy that seem like they're mundane, that by resetting and fasting from them and stepping away from them can make them feel exciting again. Same with, with dating. If you're just feeling really burnt out from dating or you got out of a relationship or maybe you're seeing a lot of people and it just has become really boring to you, go on a dating fast. I it, That's a buzzword that like nobody knows about um, and I first heard at the Catholic Student Union, uh, but a dating fast is fasting from dating and it's not just, okay, I'm not going to go on dates with people. It's fasting from flirting and seeing somebody as an object quote-unquote, or somebody that I have to marry, as somebody that I have to date, as somebody that I have to go have sex with or hook up with. It's really taking a step back and taking time for yourself. And when you meet someone, instead of as a female, um, I know we do this, you see somebody that you find attractive and immediately, you know, planning your wedding day in your head. Not doing that. Not doing that. Not planning, oh, it's there. maybe I want to date them. Maybe I want to do this. But understanding those thoughts and letting them be there and then saying I'm gonna just get to know this person as a friend and get to know them as a as a human being and (laughs) it was funny because I always joked like what if God sent me my husband during my dating fast if you're religious he wouldn't if you're not religious the universe like the, the 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 things that like mirror between 
being secular and being religious are all the same, right? Everything happens for a reason. We all think about like energies aligning and stuff like that. And it's all, it's all the same. Everything happens for a reason. God, the universe, whatever the hell you believe in, they're not going to send you the right person while you're on this fast working on yourself. And if they do, it's a tease. I had somebody that I thought was, I thought I was going to marry this person and it was on one of my dating fasts. And I was like, why would you send me my husband during my dating fast? turns out he was somebody else's husband. He is married now. Um, He was not my husband. But it, it things like that could happen uh, during during a dating fast. But it helped me so much, and that's why I'm able to have guy friendships. People ask me a lot of the times, like, "Oh, how do you have so many guy friends? How are you able to have authentic friendships with guys?" And from the girls' perspective, they say, or like girls will just be like, "You know, I I can't be friends with an attractive guy because I." just will always have feelings for them and then on the guy's perspective a lot of guys will be like oh there's no way that you can be friends with guys every guy wants to if if a guy is friends with a girl he wants to get with her and that might be true with like secular friends and stuff too i didn't have that with my friends at the catholic student union but i still have friends that are secular that are guys because i draw very clear boundaries and we have very clear like relationships and those lines don't get as blurry and I do think it's possible to have male-female friendships. Um, and I th- I don't think... I can do a different podcast episode on that and going further through because we're already way over my usual podcast episode times. But um, the idea of fasting from certain things that seem mundane, that should be bringing you joy, that should be bringing you excitement and euphoria, and they don't, to take a step back from them. Because honestly, life itself should be bringing you euphoria and joy. But certain things just become mundane and you forget. Like little little things, like the fact that you are healthy or the fact that you get to wake up or the fact that you get to do something. You know, it's it's hard for me to even list off some of those things because I don't want to give examples that then if you don't get to experience that you feel bad, right? I don't want to say you get to see the sun every day because when I was in Michigan, I saw maybe the sun a total of two days, <laughs> when it came out but find joy in little things and work yourself from there because this is pro- this is i said a lot of controversial things in this podcast episode but if you made it to the end this is going to be the most controversial thing that i am going to say i don't think you can be an addict to certain things addiction is real um there's a reason for rehab, like those things. I'm not going to shame addicts. I empathize fully with addicts. I don't think you can be addicted to certain things and be somebody that claims that they're working on their mindset. I think you can be working on your mindset, but I don't think you can be somebody that, because I I know people who are like, oh yeah, I'm so into like self-discovery and working on myself and they are drinking away every single weekend and they need way too many drinks to be able to stimulate themselves and to feel normal if you are working on your mindset you need to figure out what you're escaping from when you're drinking and doing drugs or having meaningless sex all the time those are ways to escape from your reality what exactly in your reality is not okay that you need to escape from oh i need to have a few drinks so that i can be confident enough to dance or so that i can 
I can feel normal in this bar. Why aren't you confident enough on your own? That's something you need to work on then. Dive into those those places where exactly you're doing that. Oh, I need to smoke weed because it gives me a lot of mental clarity. And then I have really good deep thoughts. Your deep thoughts will come if you get into a theta state, if you relax your brain enough. Why aren't you relaxed? Why do you need a stimulant in order to do that? And listen, chemical imbalances in your brain are real. I am somebody who suffers with anxiety and now developed just like a random panic disorder. And I'm trying to figure out my own brain chemicals. I'm taking, you know, I'll take valerian root. I'll take ashwagandha and stuff like that. And if weed helped me, I would take it. But there are certain people that, again, they just need it to feel normal. Like drinking, like drinking is not, drinking is not a medical drug. You, anybody should be able to go and feel normal. You should be able to go out and dance with your friends and hang out with your friends without having a drink or with just having one drink or being okay with not drinking alcohol. Alcohol is something that you can like enjoy. I enjoy an occasional drink. I like the taste of alcohol. I bartend. But I'm not abusing it. I'm not trying to use it as an escape because I really don't need to escape from my reality. There are times when I'm incredibly anxious and I do need something to help me escape. But then I understand I need to get into those roots. That is somewhere that I need to work on in my mindset of why why am I trying to escape that? I need to work on that and not just cover it up with a band-aid that is so easily given to me in this dopamine-influxed world. This was a much longer podcast episode than I normally do and a little bit controversial and it seemed a little bit preachy, but again, you can live your life however you want. I'm not going to judge it. It doesn't matter if you are going out and doing whatever, even though I don't, even though I have found ways to find joy in my life that don't include that, maybe you like convince me if you listen to this and you're like, absolutely not you, there's nothing wrong with getting drunk on a weekend and this is why tell me that and maybe i'll change my mind i'm very open to having my mind changed i promise you i've learned to be like that maybe the next podcast episode it will be i was wrong this person brings up a very very good point and i absolutely will be able to do that if somebody gives me a good point on it but this was just kind of this thought process that i had over the past few weeks and i wanted to share that with you So again, I apologize for any weird noises or background sounds or not having the clearest of uh, sound, I guess, for this podcast episode Um, and probably for the next few too because I think I'm going to sit and record uh, the next few, which I'm going to be recording on burnout. And then I have a few other podcast episodes that I have listed in my notes that I just need to sit down and record because that's again something where... I have these great ideas, but I get so excited to share them with you and I just want to share them all at once. And then I'll be like, oh, like I need to record it, but I don't want to post it right now. I need to schedule it out. And then I don't record them and I don't post them. And I wish that I did because I want you to hear them now. The burnout one is going to be so good. I'm going to talk about another episode is going to be on uh, getting over past relationships and healing. Another episode is going to be on anxious and avoidant attachment styles there's there's so many good ones and I want to talk even more about this dopamine uh highs in our society and the dopamine detoxes and how to like figure out your levels of of dopamine and I listened to this video that was about like 
it was geared towards men but i think it's anyone that in your life you should either be married or a monk and not in the sense of like religious monk and not in the sense of being married but um i will explain that more that'll be my little teaser for you and i think at in next week's podcast episode i'll also talk to you more about what my goals are and where my life is heading for the next few months in these beginning parts of 2022 but i hope you took something away this podcast episode and again my dms are open please like subscribe i never say that in my episodes please subscribe to my podcast or follow it obviously this is on every podcast streaming platform but that just helps me to give me the motivation to continue doing this because if i know that you're listening um then it makes me want to make these podcast episodes and not just hide them in my voice memos in my phone so uh, please like, please subscribe, please send me a message on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is at Tori Talks Podcast. My TikTok is at Tori Talks Podcast, where you can find me. And again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next podcast episode.